Every Sunday morning, I greet the majority of you right out there, either before or after the service, and uh, almost all the time I ask, how was your week? And you know the number one answer that I get? Never fails. Busy. Busy. And I say, oh yeah, what, what were you so busy about? And then we get into what you were, your week was all about. But it never fails. It doesn't really matter what age group you're in, what stage of life you're in. Everyone seems to answer, busy. If you're in school, you go to school all week, and then you're in extracurriculars. And then on the weekend, you either have games or birthday parties or friend time. You're busy. If you're working... You work Monday through Friday, you work all day, you get home, you make dinner, you clean up dinner, and then you're so tired that all you want to do is sit on the couch and watch some TV until you go to sleep to get up and start again. And because that's what Monday through Friday looks like, Saturday and Sunday are when you have to run your errands. You have to go to the grocery store. You have to clean the house. And then if you're working with kids, it's even busier, right? Because then you're working Monday through Friday, and then you come home, you run your kids to their extracurriculars, and then you come home, make dinner quick, you clean up dinner, you help them with their homework, you get them into bed, and you start the whole thing the next day. And then your weekends are packed with birthday parties, with kids' activities, with errands and chores and cleaning the house. And even if you're retired, the number one answer I get, busy. And then I get I don't even know what I was busy about. There's nothing on the calendar this week. But somehow it just fills up. And all that busyness and running around makes us tired. And we look forward to the vacation that we can finally have when we can vacate everything and just rest and relax. Unless you're in my family. Uh, after Ann and I got married... The first vacation we took, I realized we have two totally different ideas of what vacation is. Vacation for me is sitting and doing absolutely nothing, uh, whether it be on a beach, by a pool, at a lake where I'm fishing, that's vacation. Anne says, we're in this city for a week, and who knows when we're coming back, so let's make a list and go and do some sightseeing, let's do things, and the schedule is jam-packed. It's, it's, it's restful emotionally, but then you get back and it's right back to the rat race. And we're looking forward to the next vacation. We're busy, tired. And if we're not just physically tired, for some of us, our souls are weary and burdened as well. Because not only do we have the rat race of always on the go, but then we have the burdens weighing on our hearts of guilt, the burdens of the worries of this world, the anxieties that we face, the, the lack of control that we feel, and it weighs on us, and it tires us out. And there seems to be no escape. There seems to be no rest physically, and no matter what we try, there's no rest from the anxieties of this world, from the guilt that we face, from uh, everything that goes on that weighs on our hearts. And that's what the good news is today. God has something better 
for you and for me. And that's what we're going to talk about over the next several weeks, the rest of God. And today what we're going to focus on is to stop and to think anew, to think new what rest is. And to do so, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews was originally a letter written to Jewish Christians between 64 and 70 A.D. Uh, It's uh, written to prove how Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Uh, The Jewish people, the the majority of the Jewish people during Jesus' time had rejected Jesus as their Savior. And so the author to the, the Hebrews is writing to prove, hey, Jesus is actually the Messiah that we longed for. And let me prove it, he says. He says, look, Jesus is greater than angels. Jesus is greater than Moses, the great leader of the Jewish people in the Old Testament, who wrote the first five books of the Old Testament. And Jesus is the fulfillment of the rest that we need, he says. And he really starts talking about rest at the end of chapter 3, but then he rolls into chapter 4 about rest and how the people the majority of the Old Testament people missed out on the rest of God. Why? They were looking in the wrong place for rest. Here's what we're told. We're in Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to begin with verse 6 on the screen. I'm pretty sure I have just starting at verse 8. Bryce, can you hit that for me? Yeah, we're going to start at verse 6 if you have your worship folder here. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken about another day, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. What is the author's point here? The Israelites, during the Old Testament, looked to the wrong place for rest. Uh, In 1500 B.C., uh, the Israelites were slaves to the Egyptians, and Moses, that great leader, led them out of their slavery to the Egyptians, and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, waiting for the day to go into the land of Canaan, that we know as the Middle East, and take it over. And during that 40 years of wandering, they didn't have rest. Everything was temporary. What did they do? They had to break down and set up tents. And they had the labor of carrying their tents. They were constantly traveling, moving around. They had no rest as they worried about their enemies because they had no walls around them, and so their enemies could come up at any time and take them over. They didn't have rest of a permanent location. They didn't have rest of a permanent house. They didn't have rest with a permanent place to worship. It was constantly up and down and moving And they couldn't wait until they entered the land of Canaan, which became known as the land of rest. 
Moses died, and Joshua took over and led them into the land of Canaan, and the majority of the Israelites thought, now we have rest. And yet, the land of Canaan was not the rest of God. As our author says, they missed out on the rest of God. There's a different rest that God offers to us. The rest of God is not a land. The rest of God is not circumstances. The rest of God is a spiritual rest. And that's your first point this morning. The rest of God is a spiritual rest. This is what the author talks about when he says, for those who rest in God rest from their works. What works do we rest from in the rest of God? Self-preservation. The, the work of thinking that our lives rest on our shoulders and our, our well-being rests, rests on our shoulders. We rest from the works of self-justification, needing to declare myself innocent before God. We rest from self-worth and needing to prove our self-worth, that, that we should be loved and accepted. We, we rest from needing self-salvation, saving ourselves from death. We rest from all of those works, and we rest in God. The rest that God offers to you and me is the rest knowing that we have been declared innocent through Jesus the rest that God offers to you and me is the rest knowing that our self-worth comes not from uh, what we do or what we haven't done, but it comes from knowing that the God of this world thinks that we are worth sending His one and only Son, the price of His Son's blood, to have us as His own. The rest of God is resting knowing the resurrection that even when we die, we will live because Jesus conquered the grave. The rest of God is knowing that one day we will rest from the labors, the toils, the temptations, the sicknesses, the diseases, death itself. We will rest from it all when we enter the land of rest, heaven, and we sit next to our Savior's side for eternity. That is the rest of God. It's the rest knowing that our future is secure. It's the rest knowing that we will be by our Savior's side forever. It's the rest knowing the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection. This is the spiritual rest that God gives to you and to me. And it's this rest that the Israelites missed out on. The majority of the Israelites missed this rest. And that's why the author encourages us, as you hear God's word today, as you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't tune him out. Don't go elsewhere. But listen to God's word because it's his word that will bring you rest. Now we may be sitting here thinking, that sounds good, but are you telling me that I'm not going to rest until heaven? I have to deal with all the labors and toils and I, I just am not going to be rested until I enter heaven? Uh, well, 
Yes, but no. <laughs> uh, see, spiritual rest, the spiritual rest of God leads to physical rest. Here's what I mean. A couple of years ago, we had a, a guy who had started coming to our church uh, after not attending church for a long time. And he started coming, and he came more often, and he came more often. And one day after church, he and I got to talking, and he said, you know, I never knew what I was missing in life was church. Yes, I'd gone when I was a kid, but I, I didn't think that I actually missed church. I thought what I needed was to have breakfast with my family on Sunday morning. I thought what I needed was to sleep in on Sunday. I thought what I needed to be recharged for the week was to get rest at home. And yet what I'm finding now is that when I get up and come to church, I leave a lot lighter. I leave with a lot more joy. And I leave ready for the week. What did he find? He found that when he came to church, he heard the spiritual rest of God, and he got all the burdens that weigh us down, that weigh on our souls during the week. And he was able to place them at the cross of Christ. And Jesus took them off his soul, and he was able to leave ready for the week, rested. What are you carrying today? What worries and anxieties are on your heart? What guilt is there? What secret sin are you trying to hide and you're carrying it? The shame with it. Jesus gives you rest today. Jesus invites you in Matthew chapter 11 to come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That rest isn't, I will give you rest when you enter heaven, it's now. The heavenly rest that God gives to you and me takes the load off our spirituals, off our souls, which leads to physical rest. You see, if you, if you are here today and, and what you are carrying is the idea that uh, you provide for your life, it's you that preserves your life, it's you that provides, what is your actions going to show? You're going to have to constantly be working. You're going to have to constantly be making the business deal. You, you can't take time off, otherwise you'll miss out on more money, which provides for you. But here we hear our God, who loves us so much, who sent His Son for us, promises that He's not only going to take care of our heavenly needs, our spiritual needs, but He says, do not worry. I know what you need. Rest. Rest knowing that I've got everything under control. We constantly, maybe you're carrying this load of needing to prove to people that you are your self-worth, that you should be loved and accepted. But the God of this world says, relax, rest. The God of this world thinks that you are worth his only son. Find rest for your soul. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody. Maybe what, what we're carrying today is just the lack of control in our life. Whether it's sickness, whether it's a diagnosis, whether it's, it's unforeseen future events that we have no control over, but we know we're going to have to face at some point, and it causes us to worry and be concerned because we don't have control. And God says, relax. 
Come be at rest. I love you. I forgive you. And I have control over the future. And I promise that I'm going to work all of this out for your good. Rest knowing that the God of this world loves you and has control over your future. You see, when we are resting spiritually, it leads us to rest by turning off our minds, calming the worry anxiety in our hearts, and resting in the love and forgiveness of our God. And that love and forgiveness lets us know that our God has control even over the future. And it gives our hearts rest. This is what motivates us to then clear out some time in our schedule. This is what motivates us to enter that rest today, to clear out some of our schedule and take the time to open God's Word and to read it and to hear of His love. It's this spiritual rest that motivates us to get up on Sunday morning and come here to hear of the love and forgiveness that our God has. It's this rest that motivates us to gather together in Bible study and connect group to grow in the rest that our God offers us. And as we grow in that rest, we know that He has control. And our hearts, our souls will be at rest, which will lead to a load off of our shoulders. And we can have rest, both spiritually and physically. It's this that makes us want to take the author up on what he says and make every effort to enter that rest. Not just for today, but for eternity. We want to enter that rest when we will be with our God forever and rest from all the toils and the burdens and and the anxieties of this world. But even today, we want to enter that rest and rest for our souls. Rest from the guilt that we face. Rest from the sins that we carry. Rest from the worries and anxieties. And that's what God offers you today. And so whatever you're, you're facing today, come and lay it at the foot of the cross. And know that your Savior Jesus takes it up on Him. He takes the, the anxieties, the worries, the concerns, the guilt, the shame. He takes it off of you and puts it on Himself so that you can find rest. It's spiritual rest that we need. And that spiritual rest leads to the physical rest that we so desperately want. And so let's think of rest anew. It's finding rest in our Savior today and forever. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we praise and thank you that you invite us to come to you when we're weary and burdened and you will give us rest. We'll find rest for our weary and burdened souls. We don't have to toil and work and labor uh, to prove our worth. We don't have to labor and toil to make up for our guilt and to uh, bring justification to our life. You declare us innocent through the shedding of your blood on the cross. We don't have to labor and toil and work through fear of death because you give us rest knowing of the resurrection. We get to uh, put down our works of needing to provide for ourselves, uh, trusting that you do it. We work hard, but then we rest knowing that uh, you will provide for all of our needs. We thank you for the rest you give us spiritually. Let that spiritual rest bleed into our lives so that uh, we then have physical rest as our souls rest in you. Let us be renewed. Let us be refreshed. Let us make time in our schedules to rest in your word and in the forgiveness that you've won for us so that we enjoy the eternal rest that you've won for us. We ask all this in your name.
Amen.